we came to watch for all mankind. It's the NASA vending machine. I'm Jason Snell, joined as always by Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. The NASA vending machine count remains at zero for season three. No vending machine so far. Uh, we are discussing season three, episode three, all in, in which everybody's in. Not a lot happens until the end when a lot happens. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There, yeah, this is a funny episode. So pacing a show that is about um, a, sort of about a decade, the, the show has taken a few different tacks with it. They do occasionally do time jumps. Season two sort of happened in a, a, a very small window of time in the 80s. And then we leaped way forward. Here, we have most of an episode that is taking place as the first two episodes have in 1992. And then, uh, you know, Ron Moore, kind of the guy who brought us the, uh, the time jump, the bold TV series time jump, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. With Battlestar Galactica. Um, they just, uh, they start playing black hole sun. And by the time that show is, or that song is over, it's two years in the future in 1994. We've just sort of fast forwarded. So it's kind of funny how most of episode three along with episodes one and two basically setting the stage getting all the players in their places and then you kind of wind them up and watch them go you need to get to the good stuff which is everybody is headed to mars and get to that action and so that that by the end of this episode is like all right we're done with this part we're done with the setup now it's time to have um there is also and i don't remember if this is they've done this before but there's also flashbacks at the beginning of the episode we have a short series of flashbacks oh yes 1984 covering some of the uh, intervening years between seasons two and three that's true. Um, yeah. In, so, in but the, uh, a little, a little glimpse into time that we didn't catch. Right. Right. Various hair hair pieces. It's it's also funny how in a show like this, because of the time jumps and between seasons and stuff, you can also. I feel like there's stuff that happens off screen that then gets dropped later. Like in specific, there's a incident mentioned a couple times in this episode that I didn't remember actually occurring in season two, which is there's a car accident that one of the characters is in. Mm-hmm. Um, the, they mentioned uh, Danny Stevens. They mentioned him having some issues, but it, oh, yeah. I feel like all that is like off screen during the intervening years yeah, I don't think, to my recollection. Uh, I don't think we saw that at the I, end of season two. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember because uh, I didn't go back and watched it. Uh, I didn't go back and watch it, but regardless, yeah, it's just... We we gotta jump. The story's gotta be told. We gotta That's we right. gotta we gotta zip along. So before Black Hole Sun plays, um, we have to push everything forward, and it's the the announcements at the end of episode two, where um, Helios is going to be making their own Mars mission. Of course, what we get here is uh, everybody else is going to try to move up to the earlier launch window. There's a nice scene. Where they're like, we can't do that. We, we our stuff won't even be there yet. Where Alita basically says, "Well, we'll just slingshot it around Venus, and it'll, you know, if it doesn't have people on it, it doesn't really matter that it's a longer trip as long as it gets there ahead of the people. So they're going to do that." Oh no, Jason! What if it goes back in time? Oh, that's all I, mean, I know about slingshotting around that's things. That's not how it works, except okay. in Star Trek. All right. Um, so they're all scrambling, and the crews are scrambling, and so we get like Danny gets. Uh, well, okay. Uh, there's two Dannys, right? So. 
Yeah, so, I, and they are in so. a conversation with each other at one point. I notice he's always very careful to call her Danielle, Danielle. Yeah. when they're in the same conversation, but Ed will call her Danny, and it gets and in a conversation about Danny, that is a little confusing. Yeah, so anyway, uh, Danielle is putting together her crew. Danny Stevens is uh, recruited to go work for uh, by Ed Baldwin to go work for Helios, and uh, be his number two because he's a hero and he liked how fast he was thinking during the hotel problem in episode one. And of course, Karen's like, oh no. Oh, you just hired my stalker. Um, Yeah. That is a moment where I felt like maybe Ed should be talking to Karen. Like also, I understand that character. Totally. Totally believable. That character would just do that thinking Oh, I heard through the grapevine that he's got well, kicked off. So. And I know all about, I ran the astronaut office, so I'm recruiting my astronauts, right? Right, Like exactly. that's, that's the way he's and thinking he, And he's it. Gordo's son, right? Obviously, yeah. that plays a big part in it as well. Gordo and sure. Tracy's son, so he's like, oh, it'll be just like, Old you times. know, when me and your dad were flying to the moon, you know? Uh, but it, it that and the fact, Ed is a interesting character because we talked last week a little bit about his less than stellar treatment of Danielle after yeah. she gets the job this week he has kind of a mixed bag because a he's just thinks Danielle is trying to like you know poison the well sort of I think with with Danny and also he but at the same time his his reaction to Kelly his daughter deciding not to go with them is like right. good it's like genuinely like good like that was healthy right like so yeah. he's kind of like all over the place sometimes, but he is a a uh, is kind of po- uh, par for the course for that character. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I I, I think he's, I think having having read and watched the right stuff and read a lot about astronauts and all that, being really good at their job, and having incredible ways where they are remarkable human beings who have these incredible abilities, and also that they're deeply flawed and leave disasters in their wake it's pretty accurate right like ed is a mess he's a mess but he's also a a genius and a hero and brilliant in his own way but also he's a disaster and and that's not unreasonable yeah i really (laughs) love danielle's line to him in that conversation they have where she's like, not every problem can be solved by going off to space. And yeah. you're like, yeah, that's definitely how Ed sees things. It's like, uh-huh. oh, you got a problem? Yeah. Just go to space. That'll solve your problem. And, and, the, and yet I think, I don't know. Maybe? I mean, we're going to be gone a long time. <laughs> yeah. I like, and, and by the way, okay, so what this is about is Danny, who had his car accident and has not and has been on the wagon, is off the wagon because he's uh, losing it because he's obsessed with Karen, and he uh, picks up a girl at the bar, like where all the people know him, which is maybe like not the place you want to pick up a girl when my, you're married. My, my notes about this scene just say Danny continues making bad decisions. I, I, my note says Danny nonsense, uh, <laughs> but which either either way it's fine. But like again, not that I'm trying to strategize for for people who are trying to have affairs, but doing it in the place where everybody you know is, is maybe not the best place to bring the girl home. Anyway. Also, um, a guy who famously just got married, uh, like, first of all, this girl knows who she, knows who he is. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Uh, so a lot anyway, of questions there. He he. Uh, but he he's drinking and uh, he takes it back to his old house, actually his childhood home, yeah. to have sex with her in the pool. Uh, and he drops his wedding ring out of his wallet when he's trying to get a condom out. That was a funny moment. And and swims down to get it. And by the way, at the at the very moment he begins to swim down, the the police very quickly come in because by the time he gets back up, the police are there and their police cars and everything. He was down there a long time. Uh, but it's it's a it's a great moment because it's a disaster and 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 uh, and then we get that that thing where it's like oh he doesn't have any warrants oh he's the kid of the the hero astronauts he's like we have a system where we don't arrest astronauts right. basically yes um, but Danielle I, I, comes I, I, out and is it, and is super not impressed and he basically loses his flight status which is why Ed recruits him because it's like yeah. oh this is great he screwed up and and got taken off of a flight status so I'm just gonna take him. And, and, and which brings me to my larger point about you can't solve everything from going to space. Is there, is there enough alcohol for, for Danny to drink himself, uh, to death in space? No, there isn't. So he's going to be dry for a few years and it'll probably be fine. I'm sure, I'm sure that is just, you know, that works great when yeah. you're in a high stress, this job situation. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of, I, I kept having this going back and forth where it's like, is Danny going to learn his lesson, not learn his lesson? Like, oh, he, he's going to get off scot-free, right? The cops are going to let him go because he's the astronaut's yeah. son and he's an astronaut and great. Well, oh no, Danielle caught him. Therefore, he is going to, now he's going to pay for it and he's going to have to fess up to his wife. Oh no, Ed offered him a job. Now he doesn't have to fess up to any of that and he just gets to go to space still. Uh, yeah, he's not learning anything. <laughs> That's my guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to go also, well. Also, to show that he is not only is he going to space, but he's going to space with Ed, who he has this very complex relationship with because he's kind of a surrogate father, but also at the same time, he's obsessed with Ed's ex-wife. So that's a real mess. (laughs) I'm sure that won't come to a head at any point. Yeah, it's it's a it's a big problem. Um, Oh, speaking of Helios, by the way. we get a nice moment where Karen is up there and they're converting it to be the Mars mission. And she's, yes. she has a moment of sadness for good old Sam. For Sam. Died in the I elevator. Like, I do want to say I do appreciate another show. I would argue a lesser show would flash back to the moment, right? They no, don't bother doing that she here. Just they looks don't hand the doorway yep, and they don't sad. handhold you, which is great because if you, you know, you can, you can fill in the dots. It's fine. Yeah. I thought that was a nice bit of subtlety. Uh, and, and the, the kind of uh, tech startup. Uh, thing continues in a hilarious ways. My favorite was the Wolfgang Puck MREs <laughs> yes. that they're going to have. Yes. Yes. Get your personal well, oh, pizza so maybe, on the way to Mars. May, Great. Maybe there is alcohol on board the ship, Jason. Maybe. Maybe so. Um, it's it's a it's a hotel. It's been retrofitted. I, maybe they got a bar. Probably not a lot, I, but for Danny's <laughs> purposes. But yeah. Um. And I and we get that scene, which is again a uh. You know, boy, this show does like to play all the astronaut tropes. But it's the scene where Ed's like, "What do you mean automated? We need pilots." Which is actually right out of history. There was a whole thing about in um in Mercury. Where they're like, oh yeah, it, it, it's going to be automated, and they're like, well, wait a second, we're test pilots, and you're you want to put us in a thing that a monkey could go in because it's automated, and and like no, and yeah. I think John Glenn actually led the charge on that one, and they actually changed the design to have the pilots be able to take control. Um, which was a good idea because you never know. So that that gets replayed and remixed here, where the tech guy is like, "Oh no, we got these screens and you know TV screen technology come way ahead of uh, of in our era." Uh, 
they're they're they got the flat screens 15 years early yep. but um but it's like we need to we need to do this and 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 uh our 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 ceo basically goes hold the work we got to listen to this man i'm like a oh, brother but uh yeah. it's a good scene i it is a good scene i was kind of on the fence right like because they kind of play it like okay is he gonna say our mistake was was picking ed you know how it like they want you to clearly have that moment of hesitation where he thinks well maybe he's gonna fire ed for all this and he's like no no we need to listen to him which is yeah. is a great scene but also kind of uh, you know continues our uh <laughs> The, the weirdness over the, Helios. Why, why didn't you hold a vote o- yeah, on that one, all, Mr. Oh, CEO? Yeah, sure, sure. Or why? Oh, Let's get all the welders you, who yeah. are up here in space with me to vote on whether we're going to listen <laughs> to the hero like, astronaut or wait, not. Do I get? Do I get fired? Do I get fired if I don't? If I don't? If I vote for this, us to like, do not I get taken this? back to Earth or do you just eject me out? Yeah, you just throw me I... out. Yeah. Uh, mm, interesting. Yeah. I I do also like they they manage to avoid a. Uh, a direct reference, but Ed sitting down in that chair, you know, having a very Captain Kirk like oh, moment man. where he's got his yes, commander's chair, and you're like, "Oh, we're gonna get a Star Trek reference," but they uh, apparently held off. It's, I mean, it's he's sitting in the chair. That's all you need. It, it right? looks very Star Trek. It's, it's, uh, you could sing. It's, it's been a long road right there, <laughs> if you want to. Um, so we we need to talk about Dimitri and Margot but before we get there a couple other little points um, Sergey Sergey sorry Sergei. not Sergey not not Dimitri Sergey totally different totally different Russian Russia. guy Sergey who's Dimitri I don't know probably Is the KGB Dimitri? guy uh yeah, probably. okay Sergey and Margot we're not going to get there yet because before that as we eat our Wolfgang puck MREs I want to point out that there's the scene so there's Kelly and Alita um yep. Ke- Kelly um comes back from antarctica <laughs> with terrible puns uh yes uh runs the family and um so she goes in to talk to danny and basically says i want the job which is you know surprises everybody because first off i think they're thinking of it as sort of from a nepotism level and also her dad is now can nepotistically hire her which he wants to do for his own mission she's like i don't want to do that I want to stay with NASA, and this is this is where we're hanging a, a lamp, a lantern on. Why would people stay at NASA? So we get a couple right. characters who choose it, and Kelly Kelly says, you know, she wants to be her own person, all that, and we we've we've mentioned that before. But I just wanted to mention there is that moment where Danny does the classic, and I know you're going to love this. Can you give us the room? Yes. <laughs> I did laugh at moment. that. It made me uh, laugh. And yep. as as they're all filing out, so the, the, of this giant room where Kelly did, and Danny could have just you, gone to another you two room, go to another room, and yep. left all those people there. But no, that's not what happens. I I I was shouting at the TV. It's okay, guys. There's a vending machine out there. You can yeah, just get something right. at the vending machine while you're waiting. Well, there's no sadly, vending machine. No. Um, or they do. It's just off screen. They do. In my head can, and the vending machine is right out there, and they're they're getting some some snacks right now. That's so right. Alita. We get follow up from what we said last time, which is um, she. So she's recruited by Karen for Helios and says, "We'll double your salary. You're not you're getting paid. You're you're a genius. We need you." Um, and and you know I know that you're you're loyal to Margot, but um, Alita in another scene, Alita's husband says, "Are you kidding? <laughs> we we don't have any money. They're going to double right. your salary. I, I you know we can't do this." Um, and she's like, it's fine. My dad. And he's like, you don't understand. Your dad is, is losing it essentially. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. As we Alzheimer's basically. Yes. Yeah. He, he is increasing levels of dementia and needs to be helped out and cannot watch their kid. And 
Uh, and it puts a real strain there where the husband's like, you, you know, you're making choices based on your loyalty to Margot or your loyalty to NASA or whatever. But like our family is in kind of a crisis here that could be solved potentially by them doubling your salary and you didn't do it. So that's additional kind of like pressure placed on Alita, uh, uh, like the price of her sticking with this, uh, to, you know, to stay at NASA, Uh, just, uh, you know, again, think she's going to be a key player that's that's why we've highlighted her from the beginning and i have some suspicions about where that's going now after this episode but yep. um, but it's a uh it's just a, a good again check in with uh, with kelly and alita who are going to have more to do the rest of the season and i should say also getting younger characters involved is good because i think we're running out of time with the yep. actors who've been in season <laughs> I, one on because those characters cannot probably I, be brains and jars in season five right <laughs> I one thing that I think is really great about the scene with Kelly and Alita is that, she, or sorry, uh, with a uh, Karen and Alita, yeah, Karen almost has her, right? Yeah. There's a moment where she's almost hooked her, basically, and and even Alita's Karen's like, good you're, at this. you're really you're really good at this, <laughs> uh, and I this is great again. I feel like they've done gr- a great job with Karen's character this season. I think she is, to my mind has come out of season two, which was a bit of a rough, a rough patch Bad for her. stuff, yeah. Yeah, with a much stronger idea of who this character is and, and what they're great at. And she almost has her until she, like, calls her Margot's girl and, like, tries to pawn that off as, like, tries to play on, uh, like, vanity, basically, a little bit. Yeah. And come it out totally under. backfires. Yeah. Yeah, and and I liked that scene a lot because Alita is loyal, right? Like, she that is... Yeah. She knows how much she owes Margot and she... She basically says, "Like, look, I've got this moon rock, and I got to go to to the moon because I, you know, Margot like made room for me basically to mm-hmm. do that. So I'm not gonna turn on her." And I thought that was a really nice scene because it it to- again totally tracks with who this character is, and you know, we see her loyalty not only to Margot but like in talking about her dad, right? Like she talks at one point about like my, you know, Mexican families don't kick out right. our elders we take care of them right and even if she is misguided i think in that sense like she chose her deep loyalty and love for all these people and how she wants to take care of them and i think bookended really nicely uh towards the end of the show where she sits back down at her console and she has a picture of her and her son and her husband and her dad and And it's like shows that even though she's not at home like they're with her at work Mm -hmm. and that's part of what drives her in this yeah for sure one of the more interesting characters in this whole show really yeah yeah um all right sergey and margo so we get the elevator <laughs> montage and um what and, really nicely done with it it took me a minute to realize that those were like titles like with the the uh the years coming over and like the evolution of it where it's like oh they're kind of awkward oh they're no more friendly now there's a scene in i think 1988 where he doesn't she realizes he does he's no longer wearing a wedding ring i guess Hmm. There's like a close up on his hand hmm. while it's on the elevator, and she kind of looks at it and seems to be like, mm, and then it, nothing happens. Uh, yeah, and they're and interrupted in, in '91. Yeah, they're they're yeah. kind of holding hands and they're interrupted by somebody who's going to a later floor, so she can't get off. And it's one of those things where it's like, yes, this is the the tension that has been between them all along continues to build, and and then we get this scene at the end of this episode, which is 
the, now now they're back at the conference. They're watching Dev, who yeah, and they're they, like, they, get a load of that guy. common enemy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. Um, and they grab a bottle and they're gonna we go to the same bo- room. A nice bottle. It's McAllen. That's a nice bottle they just took from that bar. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Dev will pay for it or something. They'll charge sure, it to sure. charge it to Helios. There we go. Charge it to his room. Yeah. Uh, he's probably yeah. He probably being magnanimous billionaire is probably like, uh, oh, I'm paying for this, the open yeah. bar. So they just walk out with it. Um, the hotel room door has a little NFC touchpad on it. So, oh, alternate timeline. You make it so easy to excuse away um, just using a regular hotel door from 2022 <laughs> in your show. It's fine. Uh, so they go in the room and it's going to be like, and, and in a very straightforward Margot way, she says, I would like you to kiss me. <laughs> like, like this is what we're doing now. It made me laugh very much. Yeah. Again, great job with that character. Yep. Yep. And 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 they start going at it, and then there's the but. I need technical help with my nuclear engines. Yeah, and it's so like again a nicely played scene where mm. it feels like it could go one of two ways. Is he gonna fess up and say, "Yeah, the KGB, you're putting me up to this. I can't do this to you." But no, he goes the other way and, and like tries to get more information out of her. As beca- as becomes obvious momentarily, it's also that he, as he said in the very last scene of last season. He's not a spy, and right. he is trying to leverage their relationship to get what is needed subtly, but it's only going to work to a point. And he's right. obviously at the end of his rope now. They need something. <laughs> he can't get literally. it. <laughs> well, he's about to be. They need something. Uh, he can't get it from her. So there are two things that they can try next. One is you're just going to have to go in there, and you're going to have to ask her for it. Yeah, That's one. And then, uh, then she refuses, right? Like she's yeah. like, no, 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 no. I, I, we, we, we agreed to have this non-specific stuff that's just sort of like for the no, nothing, nothing military goodness of yeah. humanity. But now you're asking for more than that, and I can't do it. At which point, knock, knock, knock on the door. Who is that? And the answer is, knock, knock. Who's there? Is KGB? <laughs> is KGB? <laughs> uh, they have KGB photos. Who? Yeah, KJP knocking on your door and you better answer it. Uh, They have photos. They say, you know, look, we got photos of you meeting with him. We know that the information was uh, transferred. That means you were a spy. You were going to go to jail back in America. Uh, So you need to do this. Classic KGB tactics. Yeah, you you need this. A little little side note for a question that we've been asking since season one. Um, that I was that, and if you remember, also the uh, the scene in season two where Danny is locked up in in at, uh, at Baikonur, yes, yes. Um, and gets the visit from the the older gentleman, right? Who talks about the like Gagarin's name is on the door is carved into the door and all of that. And yep. I said at the time, I think maybe that's implied that that is uh, that is. Korolev, Sergei Korolev. There's a Sergei. Yeah. Um. So many, so many Sergeys. Lots of Sergeys. Um. Well, here they specifically say Korolev, the man who won the moon for us. And I, you know, it's it's good to get a Korolev name check. Um. And also, uh. So they're paying homage there, but I do think that that's the point of divergence maybe or a point of divergence in this timeline is that Korolev made it because he died um he died and there were a lot, was a lot of political infighting 
And the Soviet space program, although from the U.S. perspective, was like always on their heels going to the moon, they basically weren't. And it was because Korolev had driven so much of it and he had kind of some horrible health problems, in part, as they point out, in part because he was in the gulag for a while. Right. And it really had deleterious effects on his health. Stalin did not help Sergei Korolev's health at all. Um, So anyway... Uh, just as an aside, it was great to have that have that mentioned because I think it is a uh, a callback to sort of a point of departure for the the timeline. Uh, anyway, they're like, oh, so we could we could uh, we could rat you out and you'd be taken away as a spy. Uh, and if if that's not enough, we'll uh, we'll kill the people close to you, like uh, like this dude here who you really yeah. like. Handy handy to have Sergey right here. Sergey's so right here. Him. We could just strangle him right now, which I, they now, do. I wondered how. Like, all right, knowing. You know, having read as much as I have about the KGB, part of me thinks, well, they probably wouldn't hesitate to kill this guy. On the other hand, he does seem like a critical personnel for their whole, you know, space program. So, but I guess they did it with the Korolev too, right? So, uh, yeah, how much you you wonder, like, you know, the whole question has been how complicit is Sergei? And I think in this episode, it's shown that he's more like, I he realizes that if he can't deliver the engine that will get them to Mars... He is as good as dead. Yeah, he's trapped. He's trapped. He's yeah. trapped, sort of like she is, um, at this point. He's trapped, um, and although he is, you know, important in their space program, also it may be that he's important in part because now he's this been the source of all this information and right, and 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 you know he's not he's not irreplaceable. Um, also, they may have no intention of actually killing him. It's just to do the good kind of threatening yeah. thing, and then yeah. they say you have, you know, because. You have, yeah. you, you know, you have a, a day to decide or whatever. Interesting dramatic decision, too, which is mm-hmm. cut to later in Houston, right? So that's that's the end of that. And Margot's still doing her job, um, obviously distracted because of what's going on here, but she's still doing her job. She hasn't turned herself in. She hasn't done anything like that. And uh, our, our friend Alita's boss, uh, Bill Strasser, is leaving. He's going to take that job at Helios because they couldn't get Alita. Um, and he comes in to tell her because it's like, hey, we've been here since season one together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were used to sit next to each other and you were the first woman in Mission Control and all that. Remember that? And she has literally no reaction until she until reaction until he leaves. And then yeah. she says goodbye, Bill, after he's out of the room, which is just like, she's, she's real messed up at this point. And I mentioned last week, like, it's all going to come apart for Margot and here it is. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I'm reminded again, also good friends with Werner von Braun. Let's mention yeah. him again so yep. we can say, yep. oh, also Nazi yep. ties in addition to Soviet ties. Oh, you're so yeah. hosed. So uh, yeah. they, but they play it, they play it very ambiguous at this yes. point, right? Because she, first of all, they do a great cut with her in the elevator because because we saw the elevator scenes earlier yep. on, you have a moment where you're like, okay, she's, oh, she's in the, she's in the hotel. Oh, wait, she's got her bag. She's left the hotel. Oh, wait, she's actually back she's in Houston. In Houston. Like, okay. And then the scene where they call, they give her the signal, right? Where they're like, oh, you have a record to pick up, which was her signal. Yeah. And she's, she basically is like, send it back. So you're like, oh no, she's like throwing Sergey to the wolves now. But then she pulls out the card with the number on it for yeah. the, the KGB handler. Yes. Here's the number you don't can call. know what she does. Now, like, I'm kind of wondering part of me, and then we have the last, the capper, which is of course in our time jump where yeah. the Russians well, are leaving. And, and, yeah. She's just staring at, but I want to know it, how they've structured this, like, if I were think not unreasonable that if you're like thinking about Margot as a character, I could kind of be like, well, what we don't show is that then she immediately calls the FBI or something, and they're like, 
okay, we gotta we gotta like double agent you or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. We this could go in a number of different directions. Right, right. And and um right before we get to the time jump, I also want to say just a nice scene where Bill Strasser say, says goodbye yeah. to Lita. Oh, I love That's that. Nice... The two of them have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. And you know, despite the fact that they come from a place like we had that whole tension with them in season two where like Alita's kind of mean to him and you know all this sort of back and forth. Um, but then it showed that they've, you know, become closer as a result. And like, you know, at this point they've been working together for like a decade. Right. So the two of them sort of, you know, uh, it's a very sweet touching scene and like where they're like, Oh, you know, I'm going to miss you and stuff. And, and I, I thought it was nice. It was great character work. Bill has not never been like a major character, but like he's been around enough that we kind of know him pretty well. So being he, able to sort of give him a further arc is nice. Right. And also then we, we know who that person is who's going to be needed in all those mission control scenes for the exactly. Helios spacecraft, right? We'll need to know somebody over there. So we, we're populating the Helios part of the plot with people we know, which is good. Yeah. Um, uh, here it comes. Uh, Black Hole yeah. Sun. Black Hole Sun. <laughs> it's such a great choice. Uh, the 90s. Uh, uh so it's two years later, it's 1994, and here's what we get. Alita is standing in the middle of Mission Control, wishing Sojourner one good luck. Helios is go go for its burn. The Soviets are launching. Um, it's all happening, right? Like this it's is this is it. They're fun. going to Mars. Because they do they're all doing it in different ways, right? Helios is in orbit and yeah. they're making a burn from orbit. The NASA's leaving from the moon mm-hmm. as a like launching place, and the Russians are leaving from Earth. Yeah, from uh, Kazakhstan. So, or, well, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the Soviet uh, <laughs> Kazakh so Soviet Republic or whatever. Republic, right? yeah. It's still part of the USSR, yeah. but yeah, from Baikonur. Um, but and we have because they talk about we have all the news reports, and they're all like, oh, they're all leaving, in you know the same window, obviously, uh, but because of various choices, we don't know who's gonna who's going to get there first, right? right? The race is still alive at this point, which is a fun, a fun question. Exactly. And that, and that leads to our final scene where, um, where Margot is back, uh, and, and gets a call. The president is on line one. Mm. It's like, okay, well, it's probably not Bill Clinton. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) So it's Ellen. Ellen is the president of the United States. Madam president says Margot. And Ellen basically is like, well, kick their asses. And yep. Um, no. And that's I, it. And, and, th- and a, f- a fun yep. callback there, too, to Kelly and Ed talking, right? Because uh, I like that they have Ed and Kelly now have this sort of friendly rivalry where they're talking about who's going to, which of them's going to get to space first or to Mars first. Um, and I also wanted to mention my, there's a brief uh, clip earlier on where Ellen is debating Clinton. Oh, right. Uh, and I, I enjoyed that, if only because a brief glimpse of Jim Lehrer, former PBS anchor, yep. who is clearly moderating that debate, which I enjoyed. Um, continuing our slightly dodgy use of uh, redubbing people's <laughs> audio. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, although we watched, but, we watched the screener. So we, I know, and I was wondering if it was cleaned up a little bit. There, in there's the, a temp version. Maybe you saw a better, dear listener, a better version of the lip. It looked like they hadn't I, done the lip matching yet when we Yeah, I thought the Clinton, I thought the Clinton voice was pretty good. Yeah, they just, actually. They, there was a temp VFX, which is one of the few times we've seen that. Um, yeah, yep, I was thinking the Because I think thing. they're doing last minute kind of like uh, lip matching so that, that it matches the dialogue because it was not matched at all. So that's, that's the VFX there. Yeah. Yep. So yep. here's my, Dan, I, I'm curious what you think about this because mm. in that last scene when Margot is there and 
Margot has been this character that we have watched since the beginning of the show and we're mm-hmm. rooting for her against like she's a quirky character but like we're rooting for her against uh the sexism of of NASA in the 60s and all of that in the early 70s um and now she's just gone through all of this and in that last scene where she's sitting in her office and she gets the call from the president of the United States here's what i wrote down hard not to consider margot a villain at this point I think she's a villain. I think she's the villain of the piece now. I think she is. I think she has broken bad, as they say. And I'm not rooting for her now. I'm actually rooting for her to be found out and sent away and Alita to be put in charge. <laughs> that's that's well, basically I mean, where I am now. I think that Alita will end up in charge. I think that's 100% true at this point. She's clearly in a position, although one wonders if she will be tainted by association sure. with Margo, which is a danger. Right. And. I'm kind of on the fence about Margot. I think fundamentally she is a character who is, she is not strictly a victim, but she is a person who is clearly never been good at relating to people. Right. And she was sort of not exactly taken advantage of, but her relationship with Von Braun in the early season does feel like there's a moment of her realizing like, oh, I can't just blindly trust people sort of. And like, that's a struggle for her clearly. Um, and I don't want to as- ascribe it to any particular sort of um, neurological or, or like neuro or psychological condition, but like she is a character who is again she is kind of has a lot of trouble dealing with people, um, and so I feel for her in some scenes, and and I would argue she has principles, right? Like she tries not to give in to the blackmail, and I think that shows some some character and some you know, principles. Um, we don't entirely know the whole story, so I'm not quite ready to, to, to cast her onto the, the villain heap, but I can see where you're coming from. And I think a lot of it depends on things that we haven't seen yet. <laughs> like there's some intervening stuff, especially in that time jump where I feel like depending on how they play out her, her story with the KGB, I think she could easily go towards the, the villain side uh, or not, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, why do you think she's, what makes her villainous to you? I just, I, I feel like she's, it, it's, I don't know. It, it's the way she's being portrayed there. It's like, I, I no longer am feeling much sympathy for her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's, it's flipped over where now she's almost adversarial, right? She is under the, first off, she is essentially an asset of the KG, an active asset of the KGB now. Um, mm-hmm. It's no longer helping her friend with some information to advance humanity. Right. She is actively, she is, she is the head of Johnson Space Center, um, actively working for the Soviets in in order to pass information because she's compromised. I think it's interesting because uh, who isn't compromised here, right? Like Danny is mm-hmm. compromised. Danielle is not. Danny is compromised. Yeah. Ed is compromised. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the president of the United States is super compromised because she and her husband are both deeply closeted, um, which could be used against them. Uh, yeah. by sure. their enemies, which is part of the point of being compromised is not that it's not that you're it's not necessarily that what your what you secrets you keep are bad. It's that if you want them to be kept secret, you can be blackmailed. Right. Leverage. Um, yeah. I just I, I feel like and I and also about Alita, it's like Alita is the hero of the story. And like I feel like Alita being attached to Margot is now a tragedy. 
not a thing to be cheered. And that moment where she stands up for basically like, no, Margot's done good things for me. I'm going to stay at NASA against what her husband says is better for their family. And it's like, is, is Margot going to thank you, Alita? And the answer is no, she's not. Cause she's, cause she can't, I I was going to say she's awful. She's not awful. She can't deal with human beings. She just, it doesn't interact with human beings in a comfortable way at all. She, she, you know, she's, she got rid of the of um oh what's her name now the the astronaut corps Molly. Or, yeah she got rid of Molly fired Molly um there is it's just the score of things that Margot is now doing that are kind of the antithesis of what you would expect one of your protagonists to do. And I I have a hard time seeing how she's redeemed right because the fact is the <laughs> the KGB is right she. She, unless she's a secret double agent who's going to do magical things, she's kind of got to go. Like she's sure, yeah, super yeah. compromised think, and may drag everybody else down with her. So I, I guess right. when I say she's a villain, I don't think she's a wahaha villain, but I do think she's sort of acting counter to the the forward motion of all the other characters that we're rooting for. Yeah, no, I think I see her more as a tragic character in like that she has made some poor decisions it's, and yeah, okay, that's they, she's boxed herself well, into this corner and like it, she's going to so, drag other people so down. When and, like, I say she's breaking bad, I mean, to use it very directly, like you could argue, spoilers for Breaking Bad, the first season of Breaking Bad, you could argue that his story, that Walt's, Walt's story is a tragedy, Right. He's uh, just a school teacher who hasn't played very, paid very much money, and he gets diagnosed with terminal cancer. And what do you do with that? Uh, at some point, he becomes a villain. Right? Yes. Like, okay, totally true. So where is Margo? And I'd say Margo is not just at the start. She is now, I feel now right. she's progressing down a, 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 a more dangerous and bad path than, she, she is, even, I though, agree with you. even though she is a tragic figure. I do agree with you on that. But it's what you do with that, right? Like it's yeah. it's when you start making like what are the decisions that she's going to make from this point that will tip her towards the villain side or perhaps redeem her. And I agree, it's harder. It's a lot harder to go back uphill towards the redemption part at this point than yeah. it is to keep sliding down. And I, uh, I wonder if one of the things that's going on with Margot too is ultimately it's that she doesn't want to lose power. And she's willing to do whatever she can to keep her power that she's got, which is running this. Now, I think the counter argument would be she literally lives for nothing but NASA. Her entire yes. life has been sacrificed for NASA. This is all she does and all she cares about. What else would she do? It's a little like Ed Baldwin. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's what a flip else side would he of, do? Right, there's two flip. There's a flip side, like both sides of the coin here, where it's like on the one hand she's got her power, but on the other hand it's because she has her ideals and she's trying to like strive. She's had a goal, right? Like mm-hmm. she wants to to take and and. This is what's so seductive about the power is like, well, if I'm in charge, I can make sure everything goes right and we can definitely get to Mars. And like, this right. is our best chance of doing it. But it's it's dangerous because and it's it, it encourages you to do the wrong thing. Exactly. And I think the point where it goes from being just sort of tragic to being being actively bad. And this is something that the show has. I think it's asking these questions now, which is at what point is Margot not helping? Right. At mm-hmm. some point, I think that may be the difference is if you're holding on to power, you talk about Molly and and the astronaut office and being like, no, I've got this and you're trying to get it away from me and I'm going to make a power play and you're either going to have to fire me or you're going to have to give me this power, right? The the At what point are you holding on to the power in order to hold on to the power and not holding on to the power because you're the one who's allowing the the 
the good things to happen, the project to move forward. And I think that that's when somebody who's a leader becomes corrosive, is they're no longer in power, but moving it forward. Now they're in power and you think if they weren't there, we could move forward. And I just I have I have had a couple of moments where I thought, are they better off with Margot in charge mm. at this point? Given how compromised she is, are they better off? And yeah. it's fictional, and we don't see all all the things, and so whatever. But I, I think it's fascinating that they've taken this character we've been with since the beginning, and she's been complicated the whole time. But now, sh- whoa! Like what what is nineteen ninety four Margot? What is her status? And how I, I think that also this episode leaves us to wonder as Black Hole Sun plays exactly what. Uh, what the deal is with Margot, and that's exciting. It's yeah. almost like we just got a little mini season, and now we're going to move on to the next season, which is also fun. Right now, everybody's in space. In the space, race to Mars has commenced, and we're off to like the big sort of meaty, meaty middle of this series. It seems like so we've got a lot of balls in play. You know, we've got uh, Ed and Danny Stevens up there. We have Danielle and whoever. Kelly. Kelly and I guess whoever else is on our crew up there. We've got the Russians. And as we've seen from previous seasons, these things all have a way of sort of intersecting, right? The, the none of this uh, none of it exists in a vacuum, Jason. Oh. Um they would die. The parts that are in, in a vacuum. I mean, yeah, the spaceships themselves do exist in a vacuum. Right. Like I sat there thinking that whole scene at the beginning where they're like, we could send the, you know, the habitats and everything the long way around and she'll slingshot them. It's like, yeah. what if they just happen to not get there? Would that be a problem? It, it would, that seems mm, like it would be a problem. Well, the, yeah, the dramatic potential. I Obviously, things are not going to be like, again, if the next episode is in Everybody Land and it was fine. It's not much <laughs> of a show, right? So, so there are lots of different ways this could go wrong. And I think that you and I said in episode one, it's probably going to end up being that there are some of these crews are going to have to who are opposed to each other are going to have to end up working together to yes, survive exactly. right like and that i will is part uh, of the, the show's whole ethos is working together to survive i'll go a step further and say some of our characters especially the ones who as we just discussed might have some writing on the wall for them because how long can you really keep them around uh, let's just say it. some of them might stay on mars longer than they expect yeah. That's right. Just gonna stay on Mars uh, for for a while. Uh, just hang. Out. I did. I did appreciate also Kelly being a bit of a gunner in trying to get her position on the on the the mission and saying like, "Hey, you, you got don't want to hire that guy. You don't want to buy well, that guy's good. Anybody He's good. Can grow stuff. He's fine. Don't He's get fine. me wrong. If all you want is somebody. He's to okay. Grow plants." But he's not me. Yeah, I'm awesome. <laughs> That's Karen's daughter right there. Yeah. Yep, yep, 100%. <laughs> I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, so yeah, so there's a lot of stuff going on both the Earth side and the space side. Really looking forward to uh, to where the rest of that's yeah. going. Yeah. Here it comes, Black Hole Sun. Here it comes. Right. All right, um, we will be back next week. But we, before we go, I want to thank uh, our friend, our good mm-hmm. friend, John. Yes, yes. Who uh, who Who makes T-shirts. And you can't uh, stop. It's, can't, it's a bit of a compulsion. It is. So Gi- Giant Squid Productions has t-shirts. If you go to cottonbureau.com and search for NASA uh, VM, which is us, NASA vending machine, NASA VM, you will find at this pr- point, although you know John will see another episode and come up with some more designs, uh, I see seven different For All Mankind inspired t-shirt designs. So if you would like to get a For All Mankind inspired t-shirt, 
your Mars Mission Control Center, your uh, Ellen Wilson for Senate. He- Helios. Yeah, uh, Helios, Helios Aerospace. There. Nobody will even uh, know that it's fictional, honestly, at that point. It's a good looking, it's a good looking shirt. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and there'll be, I'm again, throughout the season, I'm sure there will be more. Um, and there'll be a link in the show notes. And you can also just uh, search for NASA VM on Cotton Bureau and you'll see all of them. So thank you to Giant Squid Productions and our friend John for, for making those. And we will be back next week with episode four. Oh, Oh, they'll be going to Mars. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, but until then, uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening. And Dan, thanks for talking about For All Mankind with me. Uh, my pleasure, Jason. Bye, everybody. 